0: You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of Ask Drone You. Thank you for joining us, as always. If you have a question, ask youcom And as always, my name is Paul.
1: And... Also, as always, my name's Rob, incredibly thankful to be hanging out here with you all. Looking forward to bringing some value. I think this is gonna be a deep um, discussion of things that are gonna affect a lot of people all over the country. It's a great question asked by Bob at the Jersey Shore. So I'm looking forward to digging Yo, into Bob,
0: it. it's a good question, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it is a good question. It is a good question. It's a very, it's a, question. It's a very
1: detailed question. It's Which we love. It's actually, you, you know, we typically talk about if you, if we didn't clarify something well or if there's deeper information that you'd like to get that we didn't go into on a particular subject on a particular show, reach out and ask. And that's exactly what Bob's done. So thank you, Bob. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll dig in here shortly.
0: Yeah, let's dig in. Let's hear this question. Oh, no, no. (laughs) What? I missed something. No,
1: no, no. Normally you, like, take it from there and do, like, a sponsor or something.
0: Oh, my bad. Yeah, sorry. No, I was right okay. I was writing down my notes because it's such a detailed question that I'm like, <laughs> um, I got to really, like, try to structure my answer here to try to make it as succinct as possible. But um, today's sponsor of the show, uh, I know a lot of you are listening on Spotify. I know that we are also now on a lot more platforms that we used to be on. If you have ever gotten information from this podcast that was useful, helpful, that helped you solve a problem. Wherever you listen to the show, if it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I, you can even listen to it on Pandora, believe it or not. Um, will you please leave us a review? Let us know what you think, what you love, what you don't love, what you want to see more of. Okay? Because we, uh, we're we following the rules in the rubric here. So uh, you're <laughs> you right in the rubric. So. Yes,
1: we are. And I will also say that we have definitely made an effort because the reality is a lot of people didn't like our bantering. I think some people do and some people think it's fun. But I think most people want us to get to the point, right? Answer the damn question. Mm-hmm, yeah. So they're sucking all the fun out of what we do, but <laughs> that's
0: okay. You know, you know what though, Rob? I think it's actually a deviation of audience because I think I, I think our our friends who are. Uh um, Gen Xers and higher appreciate the banter because um, honestly we all know that there's a lot of details kind of found between the lines sometimes and for yeah. the younger generation they're like No, I want it now so <laughs> yeah I don't know I think there's some uh, Instagram you have seven seconds make your point <laughs> there's some older
1: crotchety people <laughs> like me that uh want us to get to the point the reality sell, is
0: sell, sell. <laughs>
1: <sorry>. <laughs> the reality is we're trying to bring people the information they need to be successful improve fly better improve their businesses blah 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 blah. so let's do that anyways yeah we would love for you to go leave us a review let us know how we're doing what we could do better etc 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 here's the question
2: hi guys bob from new Jersey. I recently watched the ADU video titled, are there opportunities in the surveying world for DSPs? And it left me with more questions. I see myself offering a full construction cycle drone service, land clearing, demolition, topographic survey, cut, fill, and stockpiles throughout the process as built and final photos and videos like commercial real estate imagery. For the georeference part of the service that I'll provide, I see myself working as an agent of a surveyor or surveyor's assistant, similar to a paralegal service that's hired by a law office. I feel that I'll need to be able to talk with surveyors and other professionals that will be my clients. If they ask me a question and I look confused or make up some answer that doesn't fit the question, I'll be sunk. That's the kind of thing that's better to avoid rather than trying to fix later. In terms of the video, what is surveying? If we shouldn't be doing surveying, does that include stockpiles, cut and fill, topographic surveys for construction? I know that construction equipment is operating with RTK GPS. It doesn't make sense to me why maps properly done with a drone wouldn't match surveys done by a surveyor. If we're using accurate equipment and algorithms, they should come out the same. I've read and heard about drone maps being layered with blueprints to identify errors being made in the construction process. The term as-built comes to mind. How can that happen if geo-referenced maps from something like PIX4D are off by six feet, as you said in the video? Big companies like Esri, Propeller, Procore, and others are incorporating drones into the construction management lifecycle. They're selling these services to large construction companies. Are you saying that it's all just been snake oil? or that the geo-reference part of the work is falling out of favor recently. One of the big company's websites has this quote, CAD line work and planimetric features from drone data for engineers, architects, and land development projects. There's a highly educated surveyor named Rami Tamimi on YouTube who utilizes drones extensively. I haven't been doing surveying or making maps other than visual representations, but I have been studying Practicing and planning to move into georeference work. I have a million questions now, and 13 seconds extra. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to your response. Have a good day.
0: Woo! <laughs> that <was> killer.
1: That's <laughs> yeah. It is an absolutely great question, and I'll just say I really appreciate the way you went about asking these questions and digging into a previous video that it sounds like maybe did more harm than good as far as you're concerned. (laughs) So, but now we have an opportunity to do some clarification hundred percent. And to dig into some of these points that you make because they're really good ones. So.
0: Yeah, so first of all, thank you for taking the time to plan out your question. Clearly it was thought out, scripted, planned, et cetera, and you did a great job of delivering it. So in an effort to be succinct, let me try to make some contextual points to explain the last show and move into some of your questions, Bob. And seriously... Thank you for your question. We really do appreciate it. Okay. First and foremost, what is surveying? Very good question. Um, The reason that we said what we said on the last show was because we know um, of many pilots, including myself, who have um, faced scrutiny by certain um, boards of surveyors, etc., And the in many states, which, by the way, this definition can vary from state to state to state in many states, the laws are extremely outdated and very, very vague. I mean, I can think of two states right now where the laws of surveying literally talk about stitching images together, and that's surveying, Um, which that would mean every single person who owns an iPhone or an Android phone is literally breaking the law. So that would be about 300 million people breaking the law. Why is law not changing? Because right now, the way that most boards, state boards of surveying are built, fundamentally violates federal law, especially what we call the Sherman Act. And I don't think that this has ever been um, looked at on a federal level. And what am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about a conspiracy against the audience that they service. That's what the Sherman Act talks about, which is monopolization. Um, That said these boards of surveying are typically funded by how many, uh, fines that they give out. So as you can see, it's a conflict of interest style system. Now, I will also say that, um, as we have learned with many, many, many new modern services, no longer, are companies waiting for regulators to make a decision to clarify whether a tractor driver using an RTK rover to uh, control his tractor to get just the right amount of elevation across a long period of time. That's in my, in my uh, understanding of surveying, you are literally using a piece of surveying equipment to make a determination as far as how much to dig, or how much to add material to a certain piece of land. And by changing that elevation, you are impacting the legal boundaries of the particular property. And here's my example, because I ran into this buying a new house recently. Um, If you change the elevations of your property, then you change the runoff from your property. And if you cause too much runoff, you can literally cause someone's foundation to fail. Um, There have been lots of stories about this. So In using that RTK equipment on that tractor, yeah, I think you're, you're, quote unquote, within the old, outdated, very vague confines of the law, which are very self-serving. I don't think that they're actually protecting surveyors anymore at this point because... I think that system is going to break very shortly, and here's why. You've got a very, very outdated, top-down approach for an industry that takes 8 to 10 years of schooling that uh, I personally think universities and colleges have less than a decade left in them, to be real with you, and that's because of AI, but that's another subject. Um, That said, no one's going to, very few people are going through that process to become surveyors, so you're seeing lots of surveyors, very old in age, working with, like you said, surveyors' assistants and agents of surveyors to actually get the work done and then they're writing off on, on you know, the process. Now, you ask the question, what is surveying? Does that include stockpiles? Does that include RTK equipment? Well, one of the benefits of a well-educated surveyor, and I would say a younger surveyor, is that they understand how RTK, PPK, and all these other GPS and GPS constellations actually work. They also understand the variety or numerous opportunities that this equipment will not work with if you're in a certain radius to a tree, if you're in a certain radius to a power line, if you're in a certain radius to a metal roof home um, if you're in a certain radius to an underground gas pipe like I mean we can go on and on and on and on and on here and I have yet to see any assistant or agent of a surveyor have a a very defined list of uh, methodologies to avoid ferromagnetic interference to ensure that your RTK fix is actually correct so when you ask the question of are people um, giving out snake oil or etc when there could be a six-foot deviation or error in accuracy? (sighs) Okay. There are a lot of what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, if this, then that, or as we would call it in data analytics, a classification and regression tree. Because RTK works if everything works. If one thing doesn't work, RTK doesn't work. And you could have that small amount of error. I think... Ultimately, you've got a lot of companies who are seeing this industry kind of break through a lot of old systemic um, ways of going about business, just like Airbnb broke through the same thing with hotels, right? And they didn't ask anyone for permission. They just kept going. Um, and I I want to recommend to drone pilots, like you can go out there and make maps and models. I think it's actually very clear. Uh, thanks to the Institute of Justice, we know a lot of drone pilots who have won cases against surveying boards. But that said, if you do offer surveying or if you do state a quote unquote accuracy, it's my understanding from some of the legal advice that we have been given that you should not do that as a drone pilot because that's like a bulletproof way for them to come after you.
1: Well, and again, we have very firsthand experience of what these boards will try to do.
0: Like violating every federal rule book that you're constitutionally obliged to have. <laughs> we, that's one way to state it.
1: The, but that doesn't, uh, but that's not the point. No. The point is that the fight was started. The fight, and the fight was started, by the way, and we hadn't even
0: done anything except talk about it. Yeah, which is why I, I said it was a First Amendment violation. And you're in another state, by the way, so anyway.
1: Right. So, But the point is that what I think Paul was trying to say in that previous video is that you just have to be aware that this is the perspective a lot of these state boards are taking. Yeah. And so you're not saying, because one of the things I took from the question, Bob, was that is there some implication that
0: drones are not good for surveying? I want to make it clear, that's not what you're saying. No, what I'm trying to do is that sometimes we have upwards of three, four 400,000 people listen to one particular show, and I want to tell people out there, you need to be safe. You can navigate this environment without getting into the muddy gray waters of quote-unquote surveying law. If you just stick to very preconceived notions and preconceived systems of not offering survey... And, and and I would also say this off of a justification and context that sometimes these surveying jobs are really not worth the money. Like just doing your 2D maps, your 3D orthos, taking your 2D orthos and overlaying them on as-builts is a very simple process. And Propeller does it very, very well. By the way, so does Optelos. We saw this, this last week, how, how good it really is. So, um,
1: Which will be bringing more to the audience about in the coming weeks and months. That is correct. Yep,
0: we are fundamentally changing our mapping class, and we're updating it to really kind of drive where the market is going, which brings up a very important point, because there's a lot of points here, where the market is going. Here's the thing, this entire aspect of the market is going to be driven by revenue. If these companies are seeing which they are, um, that there's a potential problem, but that the dollarized value in the decisions that they're making is more valuable than the stated problem at hand, they are going to keep doing it. The example is exactly what you said in pre-show. The One of the largest retailers in the entire world says, no, we're still using drones. We're not going to deal with this geo-referencing BS. While they try to figure out what is who's responsible for what in surveying law, etc., which varies from state to state to state, and you should research it, frankly, speaking, they don't want to deal with the red regulatory red tape, but they still want to get the data because they're still able to make very valuable decisions that in my eyes do one of two things. One, keep a project on time or two, audit the progress of any given project vis-a-vis auditing material piles, vis-a-vis auditing permanent record of installation, uh, vis-a-vis auditing deliveries. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. It's honestly not funny how much value that there is from the entire construction management cycle. Very, very succinct way of saying it, by the way, Bob, great job. Um, thank you. That said, I think we are seeing these companies say, look, this regulatory red tape is not worth it. The mapping data is still worth it. We're going to keep moving forward. No georeferencing until this is figured out. I've talked to some very high-level CEOs on exactly this issue, and that is the theme that I am hearing from everyone.
1: Interesting, huh? And I will say, too, one of the points that you made, Bob, was, was that you had referenced um, a person that is publicly. Active, I guess I'd say. I don't remember the name that you mentioned, but
0: oh, the guy YouTube, he's yeah. a,
1: a highly educated surveyor. And I think the emphasis there, the point is that he's a surveyor. surveyor. <laughs> he's a licensed surveyor. So, again, it's not that drones can't do this stuff. It's just a matter of doing it within the, ri- the the appropriate confines of what's allowable in your state. And I guess in some sense relative to the risk you're willing to take. But I, I do want us to touch a little bit more on the issue of... When you do put one of these maps that you work on through Pix4D or whatever, and then you put it into Esri and, and you're getting a six-foot error, can you talk a little bit more about that and why that's significant?
0: Yeah, I absolutely can. Um, but I think we also need to hit a few other points about your previous comments um, f- first, because in all honesty, um, there really is a lot going on here, and we're trying to strike a fine balance of warning people but also saying this is the beginning of this particular industry and the o- and fortune favors the brave, as they say. Which it sounds like Bob is and also very researched. Yes, right? and I appreciate that, Bob. But one thing I will tell you is also in trying to provide you answers with this, I want to also put this very important caveat on all of this, which is when we think about... How to recommend business opportunities, it comes from experience. And in that experience, we can say how much time we put into a particular subject, how much money was garnished, what was the real margin, what, how much, like, was it really worth it? Was it really efficient? And in my personal opinion, these are not efficient jobs. When you are doing geo-reference surveying of any sort, working for a surveyor when you're not a surveyor, or if you are a surveyor doing this, um, they are really not that efficient workflows. Um, I think the Wingtra, when speaking specifically to just doing mapping, because it doesn't do anything else, it's only for mapping, to clarify. Um, with Wingtra, it's the fastest methodology of georeferencing referencing and g- garnishing the highest quality of data, period. That's why surveyors are spending $35,000 on them because it is a real force multiplier of efficiency. Doing surveying with multicopters is not um, it takes too long to georeference, and it takes too long to get the job done. Um, and honestly, I think a lot of surveyors are also finding these drone pilots, like you said, that can't provide an answer to a technical question. This is why we say all the time, like, you have got to be educated on the rules of mapping. I cannot tell you how many webinars I've been a part of, even from Esri Rob, even from ArcGIS, where they talk about photogrammetric principles. And literally, I can ask one extremely super calibrated question and shut down the entire argument. I will, I'll never forget the guy who was at the PIX40 user conference who was claiming one millimeter accuracy and got laughed off stage. Like if you don't understand the for- formulaic rules of this, you'll never, ever, ever be successful. Because understanding those formulaic rules is also gonna give you the confidence to say, you know what, Rob? That's a really good question. Uh, Let me go back because it's so multivariate and look through all of my notes and whatnot from what I've learned and provide you with a better answer or at least find out and figure out a way to get you that answer. Right. And I think having that confidence speaks volumes, which he
1: speaks to Bob speaks to, and he says he needs to be able to speak their language. But I think you're also saying it's got to go deeper than that.
0: It has to go a lot deeper than that. Yeah, Yeah, it has to go a lot uh, uh, of deeper than that and so back to your question of like well what if there is a six foot error in, you know, your elevation and whatnot, well, then your topos are not going to work. You know, there's also two types of accuracy, right? And all the time people ask questions of like, well, what if I want to get, you know, a one inch accuracy? Well, are we talking about an absolute accuracy? And this is where surveying law comes in, into play, because if you're saying there's an absolute accuracy, you are acting as a surveyor and you cannot do that. But if you're saying, no, no, no it's a one inch GSD and that's my relative accuracy, meaning if I'm taking measurements within that map, they will be two scale, but they will not be in the right place in the real world, right? They're two very different kinds of accuracy. And what I'm also saying is as a businessman, as an entrepreneur like you, Bob, I'm telling you that surveying is not one worth the headache or two efficient or three have a high enough profit margin unless you're working in the bigger avenues of this the bigger maps the 700 plus acre type jobs okay that's where the money is anyway sorry rob no, no, no. going on a tangent here
1: no i don't think so I, I we just want to give bob the answer and we know again that's going to help a lot of other people as well to a very good multivariate question <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so when when bob kind of started off his question he asked sort of a list he he Listed off several of the services that he sees himself providing for construction companies. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those don't
0: fall under the category of surveying. So those could still be done well, and it, profitably for him, right? hundred percent. And like, for example, you know, when you ask the question, do I need a surveyor's license? Does that include stockpiles? Well, it depends what state you're in because different states are going to talk about who is allowed to mark points and put um, stakes into the ground because that's a a traditional way that they measure elevations on a construction site. The really, really funny part about all that is that when they bang said stakes into the ground, they literally cause error. So, I mean, you, you prove the point about regulatory oversight in literally one very, very poignant example. That said, are these other things like measuring stockpiles, doing these 2D maps, making these 3D models, are they quote unquote surveying? Loosely, I think the answer is no. I'm sure some surveying boards would say yes. I think it depends state per state. I also think that the first state who recognizes the modernization of their industry is going to succeed on a level that may not be fully understood. I mean, we are already seeing things in like uh, Southeast Asia where they're taking this type of stuff on in, in droves, literally, and it's advancing their construction efficiency on a level no one is seen in the modern age. So as soon as our surveying boards wake up to the fact that they're actually harming themselves by having these old outdated vague laws, um, they might actually empower guys like you because drones are not replacing people by any means. They're just simply augmenting what they're doing and they're doing it faster and they're doing it more efficiently and they're doing it more accurately. The problem is with this top-down approach is that you've got guys who fundamentally don't understand the science of RTK GPS or GPS in general on top of the science of drones and so you get what in the FAA we call the error chain. Okay. Um, now that said, I have seen pilots all over the country doing stockpiles. We know uh, like what was big at CES, John Deere, their RTK tractors. Okay. Clearly they don't think you need a surveyor's license to operate a tractor with RTK. And that's been around for a while. That has. Yeah. Like since 2015. So, um, The laws really need to be updated. Um, We personally have worked with the Institute of Justice on this exact issue because they have been building cases at the federal level going after these state boards and they've been winning. Um, So that's nice because here's the major point that if I could get any um, member of a board of surveyors to hear me say this, I think it's really crucial. There's a reason that we have free speech in this country. And that is, in order to come to a conclusion on any particular subject, you need to fundamentally hear arguments from all sides. No matter how ridiculous they are, having that open, objective conversation allows the user to be able to discern what is right from what is wrong. That is fundamentally how it works. By having a a capitalism like we have in the United States, we fundamentally created a system to allow disruptive technologies to succeed. This is what has given America's its po- America its power over the last, say, 50 years, okay? When we fundamentally try to censor people, censor language, censor speech, or when we try to fundamentally censor disruptive technology, we ultimately hinder everyone in the process because if your people can't grow, you won't grow either, and then the whole country doesn't grow, and ultimately we're hurting ourselves for what, in the name of what? What, rent sinking? So no, I totally, I totally, totally disagree with a lot of state uh, surveyors boards who are overly protective. They're trying to make their nut. They're trying to get more, more, more money for their next budget year to cover the cost of inflation. And honestly, no. Um, well, I would think that they're
1: even the one that we dealt with. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't think they'd see that as their motivation, but I also think that they're even at their best go of explaining their motivation, it would be incredibly shallow and short sighted. Yeah. And so I think that just having discussions, even with somebody like us, rather than approaching it the way that they did, is to have this is kind of a cliche way to say this, but a dialogue.
0: I would love to have them I know. on the show I know. and not to berate them but to say let's let's ask some serious questions here right? Yeah. But I think the same issue is, 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 uh, is prevalent in the FAA in that what is navigable airspace? They have been asked that by federal lawsuit and by literally they have been quote unquote forced to answer the question and they've never answered the question because we all know as soon as they answer the question uh, uh, federal regulators are going to be like uh, looks like the FAA really doesn't have the power to regulate drones. We need uh, a UFAA, right, or unmanned FAA, which has been talked about at the federal level for over a decade, by the way. Um, <laughs> if I remember, AMA even said something well, about that. Well,
1: and even in that scenario, there there'd be overlap, obviously depending on what a drone's doing and where it's flying.
0: Yeah, but while that might... that would be okay. While it might cause a political controversy, at the same time, at least it puts it to the forefront. And we all know that we're all humans and we're not going to solve lots of problems until there's a point of crisis. So, okay, well, let's put this in the forefront. Let's solve this problem. Because imagine uh, uh, imagine if the board of surveyors came out with some sort of photogrammetric certificate. And I'm not talking about the ASPRS BS of photogrammetric certificate, but actually taught people about common methodologies of points of failure with GPS equipment, how that relates to drones so that they can standardize this. Because I think that there is a very real need for an oversight board. How many pilots have we seen that just go out and claim to know all this stuff? And you ask him one really, really good question. And it's like, "Hmm, you really don't know what you're talking about, which is the case and point that he's trying to say of here, I need to understand exactly what it is that I'm talking about. Yeah. Sorry to once again just take a single point and rip with it. So there's no need to apologize. I think that uh, we've hopefully given
1: you some better insights there, Bob, as to uh, how you could proceed. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's the whole risk reward thing on some level and also where you're at, knowing your particular state laws and, there's nothing nothing wrong, I suppose, with having relationships with surveyors and doing some of that agent work that you talk about. You That's just, a good way to learn.
0: Yeah, 100%. So, And just to kind of try to summarize my points, what is surveying? I don't think I have the uh, – I'm not sure I could answer that question very well right now without having a bunch of other resource – Uh, and resources in front of me, reference material to give you a good answer.
1: Like 50 of them.
0: Yeah. Do I think measuring stockpiles is surveying? No. Do I think laying an orthomosaic over an ASBIL is surveying? No. You see other parts of the government doing it all the time without a surveyor's license. Hello, FEMA. Anyway, but who am I about disaster assessments or anything like that? But that said, is anyone operating RTK equipment a surveyor? No, not technically. Um, Crap. Half the new vehicles that are electric vehicles have RTK. RTK equipment on them. I mean, if you look at a brand new UPS van, it's got a freaking LiDAR unit with an RTK rover right next to it. Are they surveyors? Like, let's really go down this rabbit hole. And I think the answer is we need to come up with, as the FAA would say, performance-based standards that can always expand with technology to really discern what is surveying. Because I think, I understand the surveyor or board of surveyors points that like, well, we've got to have some sort of, structure and guidelines for these guys to operate under to maintain the high standards that we have come to live with in this country. I agree with that point. True. Absolutely. 100%. Um, I also think that rent-seeking behavior and try to trying to imply laws that were literally written in the time of the railroad being built um, are applicable today. No, not really. I think that they need to be further... Um, driven down into what really is serving, what is not serving. As far as the construction cycle and what you're going to offer, Bob, one, I would just stay away from geo-reference stuff. I don't think it's worth the headache. I think that you can accomplish so much and get more recurring revenue jobs when you're not focused on this high-grade quality material. And in all honesty, I think in working with a lot of heavy hitters in this industry, uh, we know that uh construction companies are using maps they're using models they're using it to overlay as-builts they're using it to overlay um other types of um vdc materials to make decisions we know this is happening why the value exceeds the risk it's that simple what i ask you bob to do is first of all thank you for a very good question and i hope i did an okay job of answering it But what I would say is anything that's georeferenced, I would just stay away from. Because until you understand almost every single way your RTK unit can fail and how to avoid that, you're not ready to go out and georeference stuff. So now I also believe that certain companies have completely... Eliminated this problem in their workflow and that's why we have a class coming out on that particular equipment very shortly So
1: yeah, so as long as you follow the right system and you understand that system and you run every single geo referenced map through that system yeah, and you could be okay.
0: But to his point too, of like you know why are people using Esri and ArcGIS? Because ultimately the only determinant of how accurate your map actually is is by checking it in third-party software like Global or ArcGIS, QGIS, etc. And a lot of things can cause error, and that's uh, that's why you see drone pilots who have gone out and offered these services crash and crumble because there's things that they don't understand. You know, like at what point with undulating terrain should I actually use terrain awareness you know and it's yeah I think you also have to be very very careful too and Bob we know your next question is coming up so thank you for that one too but you have to be extremely careful in the marketing of these aircraft versus what's actually capable because those two things no matter what company it is are completely different so I think that's a great place to stop. And move into the next show. I agree. And Bob <laughs> can't say thank you enough. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, and I think it is really important for us to ask these questions and to push our re- regulators and saying, no, 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 you can't just be focused on getting re-election. We need to answer this question. And if you could see through the bullshit and be able to discern and storytell why there is value in figuring this out, you would get re-elected anyway. But I digress. Thank you for listening. If you have a question, ask askdroneu.com. My name is Paul. My name's Rob, and please go leave us a review. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.